Good evening, friends. Welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Uh, freezing cold here, Dennis. We've got a bit of an Arctic thing happening, and mm. uh, as we say, weather at mm-hmm. the beginning. It's uh, the only way to say it. Sometimes, you know, I don't like always like talk about weather at the beginning, but man, you just can't ignore it when it's, you know, zero degrees out. And I know you Canadians and Russian people out there are always like, that's nothing. Us Finnish people are living in zero during the summer. But let me tell you, it sucks. I don't care. <laughs> how, how is how is uh, the weather out your way? I'm assuming you're in some tropical paradise right now. <laughs> I'm in I'm in Arizona still. It's uh, it's moderate, right? It um, are you buying some oceanfront property I, there? Yeah, yeah, that's the song. Yeah, that's um, the song. I said the song. I did the thing. You, you said the thing. Um, I think in the past two weeks. I don't know what two weeks, because two weeks ago I was still in Indiana, uh, I think. Um, But in the past week and a half, uh, I think it's gotten below freezing two or three times in in the not in the middle of the night, but at like 4 a.m. ish. Yeah, 4 a.m. is like Um, negative eight year. (laughs) Right, right. It's, um, you know, I I don't love the cold i don't like the um my bed folds up right i've probably talked about this i i have a murphy bed so it um so it unfolds uh at night i could leave it down all the time but i don't i fold it up in the morning and fold it down you gotta make you gotta make your living room right kind of yeah there's a sort of couch that i don't really use but angel sleeps on it a lot and um it's at the front of the camper and the heater is in the back where I sit by the bathroom. And so often if it's cold outside and I unfold that bed, the sheets and everything are very cold when I get into, um, sometimes if I'm, if I have the forethought, I will open my bed like half an hour before I plan to go to sleep. Um, but that's pretty rare, especially if I have to, uh, coax Angel off of the couch for me to fold it up, fold it pull the couch down to open the bed. Yeah. And yeah, the, those first like few minutes when I crawl into bed, I'm like, maybe I should get an electric blanket. Don't <laughs> think I will, but the bed is cold when I first climb into it. But that being said, like in the middle of the day, you know, noonish, um, which probably isn't even really the warmest part of the day, but it all depends on cloud cover and whatnot. If it's like 50 out, um, I don't mind that at all. Like my hands aren't cold. Um, you know, I just put on a flannel re- or a t-shirt. I remember 50. That yeah. was the good old days. And go, and, and go walk. If it's sunny, like I don't like the bright sun. If it's very cold and like not, not very cold. If it's really snowy and it's super bright and the, the sun just like reflects off all that snow and makes it really glaring and bright. And then in the summer, the sun is just oppressive, right? It's like beating down on me. Um, but when it's like 50 and full sun, I'm like, oh, that sun is nice. It's kind of warm because the air is a little cold. Um, and it's just about ideal for me. Yeah. Um, well, this week, we are the week of recording on January 15th. Um, did a couple, we played some games, and sadly, there was one I was going to review, but I forget the name of it now. Um, hmm. We played over at, uh, at Game Night, 
Um, man, I'll talk about it next week. I was going to, I was going to try to explain it, but it, it was, uh, our buddy Trotsky has, is, it, he has uh, some family that comes over and on holidays, we'll, they'll often stay at his house. And it ranges from, as family, large families do, from kids, say, seven or eight, or maybe a little bit younger, all the way through college kids, right? And then older family members and middle age. So it's the whole gambit. So he likes to play yeah. games, and he will often try games of varying ages. And some of his favorite games for these situations are ones that everybody likes, right, that everybody can play. Sure. So that goes down from the seven-year-old all the way to the 82 year old. And right. And that, that's a rare thing. You can play those that are also fun. Right. Um, are, are, is, are you leading up to telling me you played a lot of hearts of attraction? No, we did play hearts of attraction, but, but, uh, I, I still don't <laughs> like that game too much, but, but, uh, and it's not the game. It's actually, I like the part, the parts of hearts of attraction. Go back and watch our thing. When Dennis talks about hearts of attraction like last week, um, but uh, no, we it's he's got another one. It's, it's basically a replacement for Candyland is what I was a long way of getting to is that he'll, he'll play some games. Okay. And, you know, the old uh, Milton Bradley games with, you know, uh, Scrabble, Monopoly. Oscar Scrabble still pretty good. But, you know, Monopoly, Candyland, Shoots and Ladders, uh, Sorry, things like that are things that I could never recommend to anyone. Like even little kids, I would not recommend Sorry to. Um, sure. Because they're just, they don't teach anything. They're really bad for even to teach, you know, kids random stuff. Um, yeah. So. Random is the key word there. Random, right. And, and it's, and there's, the amount of fun is granted spending time with family. That's the, what you're supposed to get out of that thing. But you can do that in a way that's also a little bit, you know, intellectually stimulating for, for kids. Uh but that's a long way to say is that Mike will often pick some of those games and try. And we, this last week we played one. I will talk about it next week. Um, but it, it's, it's got some Candyland kind of look and feelish to it. Um, there's nothing to read, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I like that concept of, you know, what, what's a new game that we should be giving six year olds, you know, uh, instead of sorry, um, you know, seven year olds, something like that. And that's a whole genre of stuff that obviously I don't play anymore, but Mike looks at occasionally. And this one was, was pretty fun. We actually played with it like four ass grown ass adults um, and had, had a fun little, you know, non serious time playing through it. Um, again, I'll talk about it next week. We played dominoes. Mike is getting in dominoes cause he's an old man now. Uh, but yeah, I've been, yeah. I've heard a lot. He talked about it when I was there and now he's, he posted some photos when you all were, were playing dominoes. Is it like, um, let me think there there was a time years and years ago. Like I think when we weren't even, boy, I'm, I'm throwing out a lot of sentence fragments here. Um, <laughs> like, I'm trying to follow you school, here. Yep. High school, maybe a little younger. I was going to say after we were sick of Risk and Monopoly and before I discovered Settlers of Catan, but really we were still playing Risk in those days. But um, I think my parents bought one of those like 12 game in one things that come in a tin from Walmart. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yes. There's like a deck of cards and a thing of dice and, you know, the standard D sixes with the pips. 
Um, and around that time, we got the game um, Mancala. Mancala. Uh, yeah, I, you it's got the, the little like beads you put in the, a little grooves, like a little around there's, it. Yeah. There's little there's little holes in the, the board folds in half, and when it opens, there there are little holes along each side, and each one gets four of those little flat marbles, and you pick them up and drop them and. It reminds me a little bit of fruit picking, actually. I don't know if you played that game, but um, on BGA. But uh, anyway, one of those things was a box of dominoes, and I'm sure that we played. It maybe even had the little template thing where you put one domino in the middle, and then there are six sort of slots around it that people play off of. I don't remember if we ever did that, um, but mostly, it might have been another one of those things like, um, like uh freaking mousetrap where we never act we just played with the dominoes without ever learning the rules um though the rules as i understand it of dominoes are not hard at least the basic rules are like king domino where well i have that backwards right king domino <laughs> is based on dominoes but um where you have to m match the numbers right you have to put your six mm -hmm, one of you, you have to put a domino with a six on one side against a domino on the table that has a six on the side yeah um, anyway no that, that that's that's my my last memory of playing dominoes is like 20 years ago yeah that's fair i i have never played dominoes so mike playing dot pulling out and having us play some dominoes i i was new to that and um and i don't really Again, I, I kind of see it as an old person's thing, but to be fair, after we had discussions, as we all do, um, about just go ad nauseum about things, uh, we, you know, we had a long talk about dominoes and it opened my mind up to a little bit. It's, it's very much, it's cards, like 52 cards, yeah. you know, it's what it is. You have, you know, exactly the, the things that are there. Uh, and when you turn them over, you know, oh, there's a double sixes. Well, I know that there's only, you know, six of those uh, dominoes that have sixes on them, right? There's only that many out there. So you can know oh, what's okay. out there in the, I, mean, I keep saying the word deck, but in the pool or wherever it is to, to get. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can do that. And in that same vein, uh, a deck of cards has so many different games, different ways to play. You know, right. you got rummy and you got euchre, you got hearts, you got all sorts of solitaire. Uh, so anybody who does it out there also isn't an old person and has no idea what dominoes is, um, can think of it like cards and that cards has, you have the basic deck of cards and then you play different games with different rules with those d sets of cards. Dominoes is the same way. You got to, you make, there's rules that you come up for different games. Um, Mm -hmm. One we played was Jamaican Dominoes and Mexican Train. I don't know why they're um, country themed, but they are. The names of them are. Um, we played those two. Uh, but the, the real thing that made it interesting to me is that they're they're less like card. The, the analogy of card games goes to that there's you know you have a set and then you make different games on those set, but it ends there. What it really is. Honest to God, and here's it just kind of like a light bulb turned on my head when he explained it like this. It's a dice game with 2d6, and everything you put down is a roll of one of those d6 on one side, and the other side is the other mm -hmm. d6. And I'm like, sure. oh, okay, sure, exactly. And he says, the only difference is, is that the same combination is never rolled twice. 
Because right. I'm like, oh, right. And he says, a lot of people will play, he's discovered, dice games with dominoes instead of dice. Like, Interesting. Yeah. And he, he mentioned Catan, for example, where you roll two dice mm-hmm. to get a, th- a number. Like you just flip up a domino and you'll never get the same one twice. And some people will will even do rules where like if the two threes are drawn, then you shuffle them all back in. So you could get some repeats with that to, to mix it up a yeah, little bit. Like a like a via magica kind of thing. Exactly. And um, like, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. It is just two six sided dice is put together on a roll. What? What does that do to the odds? Well, you know what they are, right? Like if double sixes already came out, you know, you already know the odds of two D sixes. It's um, so there's uh, on one dice, it's six times five times four times one three times six. one. So you still, you, you still would have a little bit of a bell curve, but it would be flatter. Correct. I think. Correct. Yeah. And and it's it's almost a guaranteed thing. Like you're going to get you're going to get the 1 1. You're going to get the 2 2 or the 2 3 or the 4 6, you know. Uh you'll get yeah. every it's every It's like the It's like the way people think statistics or or probability works. Yeah. Right? Where you're like you know, people say uh um you know, 1 in 5 people is x yeah and you're like well there are five of us so that means one of us is is that thing that. you're like no that's that's not how it works right like i can i can roll a d6 six times and never get a one correct like that's not the 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 odds reset every time you roll it you have a one in six chance every time you roll yes um but with dominoes unless you have a shuffle mechanic built in you know that eventually you're going to get a 12 correct right interesting yeah. yeah it's i i that was kind of my my word that i used too it was like interesting i just hadn't thought of it that way and when you think of it as what games can you make with two six-sided dice there's so many that you can just figure out and history wise you think back where they didn't have like magic the gathering cards people played or board games like Monopoly, Catan, or the things we talk about. They just had for mm. thousands of years, a deck of cards was the most amazing thing or two six-sided dice. And people would sit with two six-sided dice and make up a thousand games with these dice. Right. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to only, I'm going to try and roll threes, right? There's a whole game just called threes. Correct. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty much just gambling, but um, yeah, we've, I'm sure we've talked about this before because this was a thing like in the, in my personal chronology of like, I played a lot of cards as a kid. I didn't play a lot of card games. We played like two games pretty regularly. And then eventually I learned Euchre and once in a rare while we do the Royal rummy that has a big board where you put chips in the different pools. It's a little bit like, like rummy meets, uh, craps. Yeah. Right? Where you, the chips, chips go in the different spots on the board. Um, 
but those were the games my grandparents played. And we had this whole conversation because Trotsky is always looking for small games, mm -hmm. right, portable games. Yep. And then at one point he was talking about some game that's multiple games with the same components. And I was like, well, we have several sets of components that are that already do that right yes dice cards and i guess dominoes which i didn't really think about before um and those games are incredibly portable right you stick a deck of cards in your pocket and now you can play all the games but the trade-off is that they have a steep learning curve depending on the game correct right depending correct. on how complex the rules are correct. which is true of anything right like I could pick up a copy of, um, what I could pick up a copy of seven wonders and a copy of sushi go. And those are similar games, but seven wonders has a steeper learning curve because the mechanics are more complex. Right. Um, same thing with cards, right? Like you could play go fish and it's super simple. Um, you don't even have to shuffle and, or you could play what i don't know euchre or hearts pinochle i guess i've never learned pinochle but um that's the sort of like you have incredible flexibility with the components but the components don't help you learn the game exactly right you have to learn the game completely in the abstract and there's some like you know once you learn the way a deck is structured right this 13 numbers and some of them are letters and four suits and two colors of those suits um someone <laughs> maybe someone can correct me on this but i'm pretty sure a standard deck of cards is um um colorblind friendly well even yeah. if it's not the suits are very clearly yes different shapes right um yeah, but that's interesting. The the domino thing is interesting to think about because it's a I'm I'm of course uh <clears throat> applying it in my mind to D&D, &D, right? Like right. what if you had a weapon that did 2d6 and you did that, but then there are all the different shapes of dice and it becomes very unwieldy very quickly. But the first thing I thought when you said 2d6 where you never repeat a combination like you could do that in software right pretty easily right but in in physical space you've got to have this whole bag of dominoes to do that and that's just 2d6 like if just you if you're expanding it out to like you know a d8 or a d20 or what like it stops being um um feasible or practical feasible yeah yeah and yeah. and uh the, these now he's got they obviously make them in all sorts of shapes and sizes dominoes that's hundreds of years old um he's got one that's no no bigger than a card like a, a card box right for a 50 standard 52 deck of cards it fits in there that it's oh they're just they're thinner they just really tiny yeah they're thinner oh, they're thinner okay and you know they, they kind of stack that way um and he and i agreed with the same thing of that like hearts of attraction game and like this one and dice games is that there's something about holding them in your hand. It's like a physical, they're a little bit, they clink together. It's like a porcelain. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what their dominoes are made out of or plastic of some sort, but it, you know, when I, when I, I like ceramic or really heavy ceramic. Plastic. Yeah. Something. Um, 
when you play dice games, you hold a like a bunch of D6s in your hand. You, it, rolling those dice is pretty fun. I don't know what it is about that. Sure. You know, or, or D8s or you know, and you're throwing them. That's really cool. And people like playing dice with those things. And same thing with well, dominoes. You have you the, yeah, you have the no whammies, as Trotsky would call it, or the, I'm sure there's a term for this, like in the in the casino world, but you have that that brief moment, the, you know, space of a couple seconds at most where the dice leave your hand and they're floating in space and then land and roll and come up on whatever. There's just enough of a delay in that action that gives you that like rush of anticipation or, or yes, anxiety or whatever. Yeah, totally with you. And and that's kind of, you know, the dominoes has that feel to it, too. So I, I get I get I get I understand it better now, so at least from that perspective of what is dominoes about? Why is it a thing? You know, and we, we're talking about dominoes. The same thing goes for stuff like Mahjong, right, um, mm-hmm. which is very widely popular was, across the world and things like I that. I was thinking of that, too, because um, when I was a kid, my grandparents had dominoes. And they were plastic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, not sure what to compare it to. They were small, not tiny, but like, I don't know, probably a little bigger on each face than a standard D6, like whatever that is, like 30 millimeters or something. Right. Um, and they were light and they were cheap, right? Like probably the kind of dominoes that, we're in the five and dimes in the fifties or whatever. Um, and then when we got those dominoes from Walmart, they were heavier, like probably not real ceramic, but some kind of plastic that has a similar like weight and density to ceramic and similar to the way that real Mahjong tiles are. If you've seen those at the game stores. Yeah. Um, I read a few chapters of a manga about Mahjong where a bunch of high school girls play. I That's weird that it's all, it was all girls. I don't know. <laughs> all girls schools probably or something, but they're playing Mahjong and they've got um, this table. It's like a casino table or something. And I looked one up on YouTube because at some point in the story, they're like, oh, you know, there's this table over here. I wonder if it still works. And, like, they dump the dominoes inside and they or the the mahjong tiles inside and they get all sorted out and pop up in front of each of the four players. And it's a little bit like um, like the things in bowling alleys, right, that that stand up the pins mm-hmm. and send the ball back up to the front. There's all this, like, magic machinery in there that's, you know, the same technology from 50... 70 years ago or something. Um, but I read this manga and everything I got from the story was just about the interactions between the characters. It was like a sports thing, right? Where there's like this famous girl from this school who played online and stuff because the actual Mahjong part of it was completely incomprehensible. They're like, ah. oh, if she... If she gets this, it doesn't help that the symbols are all, um, like, 
foreign to me. Yeah. Like I can see that some of them are numbered, right? This one's a one, this one's a two, but they're like bamboo stalks or something. And then this one is something else that looks like a star. And I'm sure they have words for them all, but I don't know what they are. And then they're trying to get these different sets or they'll do this and they'll call out things. And I think it's similar to the Mahjong that's in um, Final Fantasy or okay. Final Fantasy 14 yeah. in the casinos. Um, because I remember playing that and trying like trying to figure out the rules and trying a couple games and like if i do this then i do this but it's so complex and it's probably the kind of thing where if you've never learned poker you hear people saying blind river flop yeah full house terms flush and run and like none of it means anything to you that's how this this mahjong game was to me but yeah yeah just anyway know all the or, the, the or, lingo right right yeah well yeah so it's a long and short of it. i did i did play too it, it is fun i mean i'm not gonna like i like playing i'm not a euchre guy at all because i'm not just not a trick-taking guy um but sure. whether it be euchre or other kind of type things um but i like rummy i played some solitaire for a while right I like i like card games um and i like dominoes mm-hmm. in the same way it, it's fun we we played a thing it's um, it's, it's interesting for us, uh, being what I would say very seasoned and experienced board gamers to be able to take these kind of older games and compare them to, uh, more modern games. And we'd say things like, oh, it's like, um, uh, llama, right? When on obviously, you know, llama is something like this based on, on the dominoes type stuff. Um, right. and, and you're saying, oh, it's, you only have two in that kind of thing. You're only two choices, and it pl- moves play fast on your turn. You have limited choices. You're given a, a hand before. And we can take like a, a Mexican train at Domino's game and say it's like that uh, to help explain it better. So, yeah, it, it was, it's fun enough. It's, it's easy. And, you know, he's got it in a portable type way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, he has some friends who are business guys. And while they might not pick, you know, pull down a uh, uh, a fantasy themed card game to play with him they might once or twice <laughs> but they'll they'll play the cred out of dominoes right sure so he he has an, an audience that fits in with that kind of uh do bro-ish type of things or 40 plus year old uh, kind of thing um and you know it's pretty good and it's it's uh, pretty fun so I, I i enjoyed it and we we played that um i realized the i i never actually made the point quote unquote that i was trying to make with mahjong Hmm. um i I, the first time i heard of mahjong was the solitaire game on windows right like windows 3.1 or 95 or whenever they added that um into the default windows install where it's just like a pyramid of mahjong tiles and you have to match them and try to get all of them without blocking yourself in and then but then to see, oh no, wait, this is a this is just a set of components and there's a whole like real game, um, at least at least one whole real game that you play with these components. It's not just solitaire. Or like as a kid when I learned that you can play solitaire with real cards. I don't know why I needed to see that in a TV show to realize <laughs> that was the case. Um 
but I'd never seen anyone play Solitaire in real life. I just saw it on Windows 95 and was like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a thing you do and you click. And if you win, they bounce down the down the thing and never occurred to me that you could set those cards up and do that in real life. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Just weird. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So n- next week on, on the front porch, we'll be reviewing, uh, gin rummy. If you want to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we won't. Um, we're, we're actually still, we're still playing our, our ticket to ride game. Um, it's really fun. Hmm. I, I, it's hard obviously to, I mean, we talked about it even in some spoilers uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and right. it continues to continues to be good. Each uh, it's neat how each area we unlock uh, unlocks a new box with some new rules. And uh, by the time we're going to be done with this, it's well, it's like even now it's you know it's just like a whole different ticket to ride. I would even call it like ticket to ride 4.0. I would call it like a next ticket to ride two because it's got so many different mechanics that have been added slowly to it. Um, sure, and uh, it, kind of like. Kind of like Catan, actually, is what it feels like. How Catan has 7 million different variants and expansions they've added to it now that, you know, Mm. playing the base Catan, sure. But people who play Catan have so many different rules and things that are added to it with seafarers and space or whatever things they add to it. So this uh, keeps continuing to feel like we're adding each each session feels like we're adding a new expansion to it a little bit, uh, which is neat. Um, so we're still it's n- nothing new on that on that front, I guess. Uh, what do we got this week to talk about? Um, I yeah, here's the little things we don't talk about too much. Um, phone games. We should we should actually talk more about phone games. Um, you know, games that work like apps. Um, that'll be that'll be mostly you because I don't. Um, do you not mobile game? Well, I. I don't mobile game much in my regular everyday life because I'm by myself all the time. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I, I only play mobile games by myself. I don't. Um, the The most time I spend playing mobile games is when I am with people, like when I'm with my family and everybody is, I don't know, doom scrolling on Facebook or something. Yeah. I'll pull out my phone and and uh and and play a play a mobile game. The most probably for the last 6 months plus um the most mobile gaming I've done aside from that brief stint when I tried Warcraft Rumble or whatever that's called um is a Sudoku game. I have a, oh, I have a yeah. Sudoku app on my phone and over the holidays, I almost completed the January challenge, but I usually do. They have a, like a challenge a day and it mm, switches okay. up difficulty and it's just kind of, um, it's a little bit, a little bit Zen, but right. when I'm, when I'm by myself and pull out my phone to do something, I just get on TikTok. Um, <laughs> maybe I, I believe that I do that. I do that. Yeah. Maybe because, um, I do don't open TikTok when I'm around people um, because I don't want people to hear sound coming out of my phone. Yeah, I don't yeah. like hearing sound cut out, come out of other people's phones. Um, and I mean, not just because, you know, there might be some thirst trap girl 
pop up and <laughs> you're right, you yeah. Know, something something inappropriate, there, but also yeah. like like I can't really hear it if there are people around me talking and I'm I don't have the personality that will turn it up really loud so that I can hear it. Yeah. Um yeah. all of that Thankfully. is borderline uh, offensive that's to why, me. That's why we're friends. Um, <laughs> and so and so I just don't I you know, I'll I'll try games now and again. I've definitely played a lot of mobile games, but um it's just not I don't stick with them very long. I I think I think that's kind of the one of the, a feature, not a not a uh uh, a bug of of those is that mm. you know you you play them for just a little short amount of time and then kind of move on uh uh from it the the reason i mentioned like we we should talk about it more is because i'm i'm almost always on a there's so many bad mobile games out there or the, the world of mobile games very often to me feels predatory Right. Like, yes, 100 percent. And it's hard. It's scary to even get a new app and like, oh, that looks nice. But (laughs) considering there's 7000 reviews and 80 percent of them are all positive, you know, five star out of five. um, You like I know how robots work that can score, you know, fix fix things. And uh, so it's a little disappointing but occasionally there are really fun games out there that are, you know, good worth playing. And and to me, as our buddy Trotsky will say, uh, worth paying money for. I'll pay ten dollars. It's a full game. I enjoy it, you know, and I'll play it like a normal game, or five dollars or two dollars, much more than I would pay I get a free game and then have to deal with the idea that, okay, at some point this is gonna start costing they're gonna want me, you know, they're psychologically dragging me in. Um, yeah. And, and have that feeling all the time. You know what I mean? That, okay, at some point yep. I'm going to get attached to this and now they're going to ask for $5 they're going to ask for $7. They're going to ask for five more dollars or $20, uh, every month, you know? Uh, but like I said, occasionally there are, there are a few. Um, and I, I've been playing a couple recently that are worth talking. One's called, um, Guardian Sword. It's just a match three. A simple. Well, not a match three. It's not a match three. What's that game we grind? We played a game uh, on Apple's thing. Was uh, Grindstone? Grindstone. Yeah. You know how you um, had to trace a line of certain kinds of things. Yes. You you make a path through the colors that match. Yes. Now Grindstone is yeah. a great game. That's a perfect example of like a. I played it for a little bit. I really enjoyed my time with it, and then moved on. Right. That that game was the only reason that I kept Apple Arcade for as long as I did, because I was like, this is a dumb, mindless game that is never going to ask me for money. Yes. I'm in. Yes. I, I'm on with you exactly on that. What and that's what I'm always looking for is grindstone type games. That's almost like sets the bar for me on on Apple or phone games that I that I want to get. iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Gar- Gar- right now, Guardian Sword is is definitely fitting that one. I actually think... I can't think if it was free, but if it's not, it's very, very cheap, like a dollar or two. Um, sure. And they have some in-app purchases, but they're like the most minimal you could possibly have. Um, basically continues. Like if you lose a match, do you want to like pay a gem to continue? And gems are $2 for five or something like that. Um, okay. And and so far I haven't hit any point where they're like, oh, you have to keep using these at all. It's just kind of a normal game. But anyway, it's not spectacular, but it's definitely been, 
it's like I said, it has that grindstone thing where you're you're tracing a thing to attack bad guys, um, mm-hmm. and and defeat them, and then it's but it's got role playing elements to it where the little guys going on a little silly adventure, and you've got to go to the dungeon to get the torch, and then the torch you turn the torch on, and now you can see in the dark, and now you can go to this other area to explore and fight enemies there. Very simple, very straightforward, and I just enjoy playing it um, mindlessly, right, without thinking too mm-hmm. hard. But my current obsession, which is silly that it is, but is Warcraft Rumble. It's uh, what's that game that Mike plays that everybody else in the world plays too? Um, Clash Royale. Clash Royale. Like obviously, people know that one. I say that 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 name. It's straight up. It's a Clash. It's the Warcraft Clash Royale. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. It's um, it's very it, when you first play it, for the first bit, it's very basic type game. Doesn't seem anything new, but then when you play it a little bit more, it kind of unlocks features or um, gameplay modes sometimes, different ways to play. And you're like, oh, this is this is a real game that's actually fun. And I here's my my highlight for it. I barely play other people. I like it has a full right. a full pl- single player mode. mode. Yeah. And with progression and, you know, difficulty. Um, and, I, and I'm really, really, really enjoying. There's a lot to go into that I don't, I don't want to bore everybody with. Um, but I just, I do want to give it a thumbs up and say that I really have enjoyed it. Um, I also do say, we just complained about the free-to-play model. This is a free-to-play game. That it, um, if I enjoy a game, I will pay money. And not from that Stockholm Syndrome type thing. But I will pay you know, hey, I've played this game, had some really fun times with it for the last month. I will buy five. I will pay them five dollars for a pack or whatever it might be, because I've gotten my entertainment. They should get, you know, some kind of thing for that. Um, sure. And, and I've done that. I think I've paid ten dollars totally for this game so far. And if you're really happy with doing that kind of thing, it's really voting with my money. You know, thanks for putting out this really fun thing, a different way than than Clash Royale. Um, especially from that single player standpoint, it's Warcraft theme. I like the old Warcraft type stuff. Um, not kind of serious, like world of Warcraft, but like Warcraft, right? Um, yeah. Like, um, like Hearthstone. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like a Hearthstone type feel to it type thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, I, I'm in the, the area of it now where, it, much like a World of Warcraft, the, you can tell Blizzard makes a thing like a company hires people who love their products. They're kind of emulating a type of style, gameplay style or ethos, maybe uh, to games. Um, you play through a lot of the single player game and you're playing through it. And then once you get through it or most of the way through it, you unlock hard mode, just like you would in World of Warcraft, where you can play a dungeon in World of Warcraft and just kind of mindlessly go through it. But then when you play the hard mode, now you have to like bosses have strategies that you have to avoid the explosion or stay out of fire and figure out the mechanic. As our buddy Trotsky puts it, you have to figure the puzzle out. Right. And, and make your team uh, defeat that puzzle type thing. So this game has that too. And I'm enjoying 
sometimes frustrated because I can't figure it out, just like you are in real world of Warcraft where you go up to a boss and you just can't figure out how to fight him and you got to figure out the strategy and um, get through it and be better type stuff. And I'm, but I'm enjoying that. And there are, I think I did the math. There's, see, there's got to be over 300 different hard, hard mode uh, bosses to fight. Um, and all of them are not procedurally generated. Each of them have a very dedicated way, like thing they do mechanics and such and right. a deck made for just that encounter type stuff. So, you know, and you have to kind of beat them with multiple kinds of decks. So you have to like a horde, have to have a horde deck or an alliance deck or a, a Black Rock Mountain deck. And you have to beat it with that. And it's like, it's just a good challenge, you know, type stuff. So I'm already gushing too much about it. I just really, really enjoy it. Um, I can play it for a little bit. And it does have... The thing I generally don't like in games, which is like dailies, you know, you, you do a thing, you get some money so you can go buy more yeah. cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least at this point, I've been playing it for three weeks now, at least. Um, I look forward to those dailies. Like that's something that's different. Like I, it's playing the game and then by playing the game, you get rewarded. It's not like I have to do something so that I feel like it. I played several of these free to play games and I feel like, oh, I got I got to log in today so I can get two pennies so that someday I can make a dollar and buy one card. Right. Um, This is getting on, having a fun time playing. And Oh, by the way, here's a bunch of stuff, extra cards for you, you know? Right. So I I am, it's my favorite game right now. Um, I've been playing it nonstop um, every chance I get. And oddly I have to stop myself from playing it because like, Oh man, I've been on this thing for 30 minutes. Um, and these games, phone games, I usually play for 10 minutes at most. Um, right. But, you know, this was like, it's turning, it's on the, the verge of actually being a, a real game, you know, to, to play all the time. All right. That was, that was already way too much about mobile games. But uh, I, I do, you um, know what? I wish that there was more. But that's why when our buddy Trotsky, gives, he plays these as well, gives a recommendation. I'm ready to jump on him because I want people to tell me what's not a crap thing out there in the sea of crap, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tried a couple of steam games over the weekend. Oh, tell me, tell um, me same, same kind of thing for me. I think not quite the same, but yeah, they, they had their, uh, capitalism and economy fest sale. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds exciting. Uh, Dennis, tell me about uh, capitalism and economy. Me named yeah uh a a bunch of our friends are playing a game called x4 which is some kind of space exploration i i sort of skimmed pete's description of it when he and aaron were talking and i said oh it's eve offline and then of course pete screenshotted the highest ranked review on steam that says eve offline it's eve offline uh real quick before we started this john tell dennis tell tell listeners what a 4x game is well 4x is uh what exploration expansion i don't know the x's stand for something um (laughs) it's i don't really know it's not my genre uh stellaris is maybe one of the most popular games in that genre. Um, and I don't know, well, this is probably one of those, but it's a, 
I, it's I believe the it fourth is fourth in an in an X series. So it's not four X; it's X four because there were yes, yes. an X two, X three uh, prior to this. I, be, um, I believe it is a four X game too, though. It it seems that way. Um, if you never played Eve Online, which I don't know, did you ever play Eve Online uh, for a minute? I, I did, but yeah. stopped playing it for the reason everyone stops playing it. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know how much detail I'd need to go into this because I, I mean, I'm sure that I played it longer than you did because sure. uh, Peter and Zahn were both really into it and I enjoyed their stories of doing piracy things, which was like, it was like, wow, PVP, but more nuanced and, and, um, interesting. Um, Eve Online is a is a sci-fi space uh, sandbox, right? Where yep, you yep. start in and and it's all top down. Like you don't have a character. I mean, you do have a character, but you don't walk your guy around. You put your guy in a ship, a uh, spaceship, and you fly out. Like you you get a ship and you kind of like the space parts of of Star Trek Online, right? You get mm -hmm. a ship and you slot modules into it, right? It's got this many uh, uh, attachment points, right? And you say, okay, here, I'm going to put my, my impulse engine. It's not called that. It's called something else, but I'm going to put engines here. I'm going to put shields here. I'm going to put a couple mining drills here, and I'm going to put a storage thing here. And then I'm going to fly out to the asteroid belt. I'm going to mine some minerals, and then I'm going to fly back to the station and sell them. Right. And that's just the most basic. Then right. you get into like expanding further out into space where security is lower and there's no like AI ships to punish you if you PVP because that's where all the really valuable stuff is. And you have to do a lot of this sort of like, okay, if I see, uh, you know, a, a an AI something I want to shoot at, whatever it is. It's not a person, but a, but a mob. And I know that these guns that I have are most accurate at this distance. And so I set my ship to, you know, follow this target, but maintain this distance. So if they stop moving, my ship will start orbiting them, right? Like flying in a circle to keep that distance so my auto guns can keep shooting at them. And then it just gets more fiddly from there. People describe it as like a bunch of spreadsheets, the video game. Um, anyway, I didn't bring up this topic to talk about X4 because I did not buy that game because it's Windows only and I was too lazy to fire up my Windows computer. <laughs> um, instead, I looked around uh, on the sale... Um, there was a game I have in my wish list called Sweet Transit, I want to say. Um, I bought a train game a couple weeks ago uh, called Railway Empire or something. All these okay. games have kind of generic names, and so I can't right. keep them straight. Um, Sweet Transit had, a, you know, Steam does the, like they average the reviews, right? Like mostly positive, mixed, overwhelmingly positive, whatever. Their overall reviews were said mostly positive. Their recent reviews said mostly negative. And so I scrolled down and skimmed over the reviews and people were like, 
this was okay in the alpha, but they did this and this, the UI is terrible, this is super complicated, blah, 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 and it's awful now. And that game was like 20 bucks, even on sale. So it's like, okay, I'm not getting that. Um, instead, I got a couple of smaller games. Okay. Um, the first is called Factory Town Idol, which is a spinoff of Factory Town, which I played the demo of. I don't know, six months ago when there were a bunch of um there were a bunch of these simulator kind of games that had free demos. Um Factory Town Idol is an idling game. Um if you don't know what those are, um it's a game with no like no 3D graphical component, right? It's like it could be a mobile game. Okay. Um but you start in a town and you say, okay, first thing we need are houses, right? So that we can get people, right? And you build houses and that's just a line in a, um, I don't want to call it a spreadsheet, but it's kind of a spreadsheet, okay. right? There's a tab that says buildings and you see houses there and you click on it to build a house and it will use the resources that you have, the wood or whatever at first. Yeah. And then once you build a house, then you have a certain number of people, depending on how much. I mean, it's like, um, uh, what's the, what's the game with the beavers and the, against the storm? Oh, I see. yes. Right? Okay. I was gonna say root, but yes. It, it's like the logistical management part of that game and nothing else. Right. So you're like, here's my houses. Okay. Now I've got, uh, gathering huts. Right. And. Mm -hmm. A gathering hut can be used for wood, and later you get stone, then you get water, you get iron and silver and gold, and you assign workers to each of those huts, and then you can upgrade, right, to, to you know, each hut will hold more workers. And you say, okay, I want five gathering wood and three gathering stone, and you're like, okay, now I've got a shortage of stone, so let me build two more huts and assign two more workers to gather stone, except now I'm out of workers, so I gotta go build more houses. Um, eventually you unlock uh, auto auto worker assignment. Okay. Right, so you say like, okay, now I just want 100 gathering huts. And if I have enough raw materials for everything that I need, 70 of those huts will sit idle. But then... I build a new shop because you gather, you gather things, you use them to make other things, right? You use logs to make planks, you use planks to make wagon wheels, and then you've got a general store that will sell the logs. You've got a hardware store that'll sell the planks and some other kind of store that will sell the wagon wheels. Okay. And then you decide like, okay, I'm going to, you know, build this many shops and, this but when um if i look at all those um tabs and say oh the in in my general stores tab um all the all the workers are assigned and there are no idle general stores or general store slots like okay. products that they're yeah. selling and so i want more general stores um and it's got the the clicker game multiplier thing where i say okay i'm going to switch my clicker from one to five 
So instead of building one building, each time I click, it'll build five. It'll queue them up. And it'll say build five general stores. Well, the general stores get more expensive, right? The more you have, I mean, all the buildings do. They get more expensive the more that you have. And the first one that I try to build will use up all of my planks. So then the game will assign more workers to the the lumber mills that make planks and that'll cap out but then now i'll start running low on logs or wood and it'll assign more workers to the gathering huts to gather more wood and it's just that kind of whack-a-mole thing where you're like oh this is low let me add some more here and then i played it until i unlocked a second town because it had a river where i could get fish because i wanted fish to cook fish to sell in the food shops and then the second the second town sort of starts over but you have the research from your first town yeah um and then you're just going back and forth and it has these quests right where it's like sell or produce two thousand planks and then eventually that goes up and you get gems and use gems to upgrade your there are several different ways to upgrade things it's just very um, I don't want to say mindless because it's, it is this kind of like logistic management thing, but mm -hmm. with none of the, with none of the 3d, like seeing guys walking around and figuring out where you're going to fit all the buildings and like the spatial yeah. stuff. It's just the management part of it. There's a lot to be said for mindless games. I mean, sometimes that's exactly what you want, right? Yeah. It's a kind of like, here's a simple goal. Um, kind of thing. The, the other game I bought, um, I, I downloaded the demo first and played that, um, and then bought it because it was like seven fifty on sale or something, um, is called Tavern Master. Um, it's a little more on the other side where you build stuff and then the, the, the game handles it with ai not with ai um with bots like um what what is this like um it's a little like captain of industry though i don't think you've played that i'm not um so imagine against the storm where you don't assign um the your people to different jobs okay but the people will do jobs on a priority um thing it's like uh it's like rim world which i don't know if you've played that either um i've heard of it, it might be no. fat might be faster for me to explain what it does instead of trying to compare it to other games <laughs> it's one of those um, things like hey it's like that game like i haven't played that game it's like this it is and yeah um so this is a game about running a medieval tavern, right? It's called Tavern Master. Okay. You start with an empty room that's missing a wall, right? And you build a wall. You close the wall. You close the building in by building the fourth wall. And then... Building the fourth you wall, nice. put, Yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. Um, then you put in a door. You put a window. And then... Um, and then you hire staff. You hire a bartender and a waitress. And then and 
and you put down a table with benches on either side. Um, there's one of those already and you build another one. And it's very much like the tutorial walks you through it. You're like, here's your tavern. Congratulations. Though it's missing a wall, you might want to fix that. And then you got to click in exactly the right spot. Um, the, um, the game goes in day cycles, right? So it starts at like 7 a.m. or something and goes until midnight and then gives you a little like stat page and then you start the next day and it's got a it's got clock um speed controls right like pause normal speed double speed like uh the sims yeah right or sim or sim city to go fast um yeah. yeah the the more tables and chairs you have the more people you can serve at a time so the day starts people come in they sit at the tables um they sort of shout their orders to the to the bartender he pours beer from barrels and you start with just water and beer and eventually you upgrade right to ale and wine mead milk and lemonade and the bartender will pour the drinks he'll put them on the bar and the waitress carries the drinks to the tables and gets paid and then after the customers are done the waitress will come back and collect the empty uh, mugs and then you unlock a kitchen and then you have to hire a chef. Um, he's got a, a box of ingredients that you have to keep filled, just like the bartender has barrels full of drinks that you have to keep filled. Um, there are different, um, like the chef can make different meals, different foods. And as he makes them, he levels, you level up your skill at that dish. And when you level it up, um, the price goes up, right? So you get paid more for that. Um, your staff have a happiness meter that maybe goes down and you can bump it up by paying them more, right? Increasing their salary. And then they'll level up. They have stat, um, they have stats like, uh, like a racing game or, or D and D they're like, for waitresses, it's um, how many drinks can they carry at once? How fast do they move if they're not carrying anything? How fast do they move if they are carrying something? And um, how high is their tip rate? Or the and tip rate. Yeah. Every time they, yeah, every time they um, they level up, you can increase one of those. You can also respect them. Um, so you're like. Oh, this one is, you know, this one can go up to eight, right? Her, her drink carrying can go up to eight. So I'm going to, you know, make her a little bit slower, but carry more drinks at a time. Oh, um, yeah. okay. And then, and then they have, um, they have priorities for different tasks. Um, for waitresses, it's, um, drinks, cleaning, hotel, which I've not unlocked yet um uh food and and carry out because eventually <laughs> carry you can out, yeah, add yeah. a yeah you add a carry out window to your tavern and then they um people will just walk up to the counter they'll order food because for food the waitress has to go to the table take the order go to the kitchen counter yell the order and then go do something else then when the food is done 
somebody carries it to the table. Um, carry out is the same thing with the extra step of they take the food to a packaging counter, wrap it up, and give it to the person who's outside. Um, just like for, real carry out, right? Just just like re, just like real life, <laughs> and um, and you can prioritize the tasks that they do, right? So if if I have a waitress who can carry a lot of drinks, I'm gonna have her drink priority high, but I'm gonna set her food priorities low. There's like three levels of priority plus off, right? Very, so, very Sims-ish, or our, very sorry, Sims-ish, sorry, right? SimCity-ish, or, I should say. SimCity or um, RimWorld is very like this. Um, so if I say like, oh, this one's not gonna do food at all. And then maybe later I get to a point where the food is piling up and it's not getting, or really it's vice versa because there are more drinks than food. I'm like, uh, okay, the one who specializes in food, I'm going to have her drink priority be level one instead of zero, instead of off, so that if there's a backup, she can carry drinks so that, just so that drinks aren't piling up on the bar without going out to the to the patrons. And then... And then there's just all these levels, right? Like your bar, ha- your tavern has um, prestige, which is your sort of star score. Okay. It goes up. It goes up when you get more expensive furniture. Um, you put decorations, plants, and hang paintings on the wall and stuff like that. Um, the higher that is, the more customers you'll get in. Um, but then eventually you'll you maybe reach a point where you don't have enough tables, right? So you're you're getting a lot of customers per day, but you don't have enough places for them to sit. And so um, you maybe like raise the prices on all the drinks, which makes your customer count go down, but you're making more gold on each um, in each drink sale so that you can buy more furniture and upgrade your thing. Um, it's a similar kind of, you know, not really mindless, but not, you don't have to think about it too hard. Um, eventually you get a, an adventuring table where okay. a crew of, a crew of adventurers will come sit. And it's, um, I think the first game I saw this in was, was an Assassin's Creed game. Um, but they did it in several of the wow expansions, um, where you, you, I don't, I don't know if there's a better way to describe this, but you send guys out on missions. Yes. Right. Yeah. It sounds great. Um, All this sounds very familiar. I, th- I swear I looked at this game hard. Probably. Um, the, the missions they do are to get rare ingredients, right? So if yeah, you want okay. to, you can, you can, you can host special events, right? So if you want to have a cheese tasting, your chefs have to be able to make cheese plates and to do that, they need to have cheese. Well, you can't just buy cheese. You've got to send your adventurers out to guard a caravan, which takes two days. And then when it's done, you'll get 15 cheese that goes in your food supply chest. And it it very much has the chance of success thing where you're like, oh, um, guarding that caravan is a difficulty 40. And, you know, all of my guys, my adventurers levels are in the teens. Right. So I'm like, if they were level 20, I could just send two of them. But because they're levels level 15, I've got to send three and it's overkill. But if I only send two, they've got like a, like an 80% chance. I could probably do that math, but, um, 
it's an 80% chance of success. And I'm like, uh, I don't want it because I spend gold to do it and it takes two days. I'm like, no, I want to make that <laughs> at least 95%. Um, and then you get those ingredients. You can make more expensive dishes. You hold special events all while you're doing a research thing, right? These are mechanics that all so many of these games have. Yes. You're researching, right? And you're like, well, if, you know, once I do this research, I can buy the um, the the furniture or the the stuff that goes in my tavern, so that my chefs can make soup, right? right. Once they make soup, then I got to put down cauldrons and a spice rack and uh, a basin of water, and there's you need a separate cauldron for each kind of soup. And then once you have soup, you can. And then same thing, there are quests, right? That are like, oh, serve only dessert for one day. So I got to go into my menu and say, disable all the, the soups and main courses. So just desserts and then play through a whole day. And then I'll get progress on this quest track that gives you bonuses. Like one was an elite waitress. One was, uh, two of them were special paintings, like unique, um, paintings you can't buy Yeah. that again, increase your prestige and just levels up um thing i bought that yesterday and uh just before we started recording i got to the point where i added a second floor to my tavern oh and so okay. like i had to put in stairs i had to build more walls and now i've got a big empty room upstairs i'm like okay well i can only afford one table and benches so i'll just hold off for a day or two until i gather up more gold and uh yeah but it's pretty fun and, and what was the name of this probably again? won't play it uh, tavern master. I, I, I'm going to have to look on my, on my, uh, wish list. Cause I, I think I like 90% sure that I was uh, getting ready to pull the trigger on that thing. And I wouldn't maybe, sure. Maybe you played the demo or something. I think, I don't know if the sale is still going. Um, I think even full price, it's like 13 or $14. W would you, so, so you would give it a thumbs up. It sounds like, right. Yes. Like a, I mean, I've, I've been having fun with it. So, well then, I think that's a good enough uh, recommendation for me, especially you know what I've heard and stuff. Um, I'm gonna have to open up Steam and see if I've got it on my wish list to make sure. But that, that definitely sounds like I am pretty sure yeah, the, I saw it. I, I like I like ideas. The sale of, ends today. I don't know exactly what time, but um, I, I might, uh, might be worth checking. I, I like those kind of uh, games anyway. You know, you're like a almost like a SimCity thing, but this is like a fantasy SimCity, not SimCity mm -hmm. like Sims type thing, but business yeah. I, I i like that thing and uh so when i looked at it, i was like oh that's that's cool it's funny that they there isn't more like they should put out a sims sims game where you're you know fantasy world type living as an elf building your house in you know uh an elven kingdom or some kind of thing and then you could play a, a dwarven house a, and that's probably some dlc for the sims <laughs> i bet you there probably is but you know don't want to play sims yeah. but yeah, I also I also just like the vibe of that's something I picked up from yep. the um, Patrick Rothfuss thing in, in the in the frame. The hero is just kind of hiding out in a empty village, running this running this tavern, like making pie, making stew, and stuff like that. And I'm like, that, I don't I don't know why, but there's something about that is really appealing. I don't I don't think I'd want to run a restaurant, but um, like that medieval fantasy vibe of it appealed to me and i was bored over the weekend and i'm like 
uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try this demo just to be sure. <laughs> and then after playing the demo, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. It's yeah. And, I, and like you said, it didn't seem like it was too overwhelming. It's not like building massive houses and every room and, but you're just, you know, it's got an actual game to it. Um, yeah. I'll, pro- I'll probably pick that one up for sure. Uh, Tavern master. Yeah. Uh, before we get yep. to our, our, we go into moving into to film and TV. Um, yeah, we've, we're, we're having our classic, uh, light on topics, very long show rambling on about nonsense. <laughs> well, I've so got we one, should, uh... well, I got one last one and hopefully I won't ramble on this one. I, I something I forgot here at the last okay. minute, but I, I did play this week. Um, <clears throat> we, we've got a, we had a little bit of a lull in our, our, my VR group, uh, virtual reality gaming group that we, I play with, uh, weekly, uh, because I had upgraded to a quest three, uh, late last year. And another one of our buddies had had a quest two, and then the third one had a quest one. I also had a quest one, and several games. Um, uh, Apple Apple has, or sorry, not Apple. Facebook has basically stopped supporting Quest One late last year. So sure. the game, as games have patches now, they're not. They're just keeping them at it as is, and you can't play with friends on multiplayer games which is one of the best things we like doing in VR. Uh, So because of that disparity in our Quest 1 friends, we hadn't played as much. And then, uh, or I don't think we hadn't played as much. It wasn't quite the same, missing one of our our guys. Um, And then we would play some of the old games, but not be able to play the new maps or the new stuff like that, right? Um, So he just got one, and now we're back in it, Right. Um, and one of the, so now we're on our regular thing and we picked up a new game. One of our, our, uh, buddies, Bill, uh, friend of the show discovered it was a game called cards and tankards. Um, sometimes playing games in VR, <clears throat> you can, they'll make games that are other normal games that you play like in person, but, but in VR, for example, um, I would wonder what it's like to play Call of Duty in virtual reality where I'm actually running around. You sure, know, you can go sure. out there and they make a game. It's like a war game, like a Call of Duty. You go play that, right? Um, VR is in its t- phase right now where they're they're having a lot of games, especially on the Quest platform, where they're they're doing that. They're exploring it and they're getting better. They've done it before. Now they're, this is like version two or version three of the, or I should say generation two or generation three of these kind of experimenting with games and getting better with them. Um, and this one uh, cards and tankards is, Oh, I'd love to play hearthstone or magic, the gathering in VR. And that's what this is. And it's pretty fun. Like I'm, I'm having a little problem. I got to get the settings set down where I, I don't get nauseous after 30 minutes. I, I don't get nauseous <laughs> in VR, but some games the way their frame rate works or the things they're doing triggers a feeling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This happens to just be one of them, which is unfortunate because some games we play, we're like, well, that was a great game, but all of us got sick, so we can't play that one, you know? Right. Um, and and so I, this one I don't think is that problem, but it's just I, there's some settings I have set on. Anyway, uh, I played through the tutorial and, and walked out into the main tavern area. Uh, what it is is there's a especially in the, the tutorial area, there's a, a table and you walk around in a room like a tavern. It's a fantasy type theme tavern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you have a deck of cards in your hand and then you pick the card out of your hand and you play it down and it summons a like a wooden miniature an animated wood miniature um okay and you pick it up like so let's say you're if you're playing magic the gatherings a, a, a game that most people know how to play and you have a character out and you put it in there and it's a uh a dragon, right? And it placed it down and it's a card with the art of a dragon and he's there ready in a play area to attack. Well, here it's a, it's a, a wooden painted miniature. That's, it's about the size of your hand because they're big. They're not little miniatures. They're big miniatures. And you, to attack, you pick it up and you move it into the attack area on the, on the, the table in the tavern. Uh, so you've got like a great big table with these large miniatures um, if you want to activate one of the miniatures, you like tap it on its head with your hand and it does a little thing. You play spells and it slings snow ice storms on the other side of the table and they all take damage type stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is very cool. It's just a normal kind of thing that you are used to playing. It's the Hearthstone thing where every round you get an extra like resource to, you know, you right. one resource first round, two resources, three resources, then four resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you play your cards in that way. So it's, it's very, very comfortable. Like, you know how to play it. There's, there's obviously each deck and each card has its own little tricks and and ins and outs of it, but you get it, you know how to play it, but you're playing it in a VR virtual reality type thing. Um, and then when you're done with the, the, the tutorial, you have four of the fat main faction decks that you can kind of start starter decks basically. And then you walk out into a tavern. It's a big, open, cool um, fantasy tavern type uh, thing. And there's lots of tables around and people are are sitting and playing little side games. And there's big tables where you can play this game at it. And, and that's kind of like a lobby to find people to play. And my first thought on that was like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. But this has an actually really good and nice uh, community. They're all super cool and they're just talking and it's got some positional hearing. So you kind of feel like you're in a bar, but everybody's there at the bar playing, likes to play the same game you like. They all like to play Hearthstone, right? Um, and they're just talking about cards and talking about stuff or, or you know, shooting the breeze. And then they'll start a game up and there's tables with AI. So you don't have to play by yourself. So you can just kind of walk over to the side of the table and play the AI character who's there. And he's like, yeah, I'll play a game with you. And you get gold from winning matches or losing matches. You don't get as much, which you can go spend on booster packs and upgrade your decks and everything is done in game. It's free. So there's, you're looking for the free to play catch. The free to play catch is, uh, costumes. Like, so your, your avatar, right? You want to, you, you're walking around and you're all these people in the, um, in the tavern have really neat looks and cool stuff. Like, Oh, I like what that guy looks like. It's totally not required to play the game in any way, but I want a cool sword that walks around or a wand and a wizard's hat that's animated, you know? Um, so you can obviously go in the cash shop and buy those cool things, but the game itself is totally free to play. You could spend money on more booster blind booster packs, but you know, it's, there's only limited cards and you're going to get them anyway. Uh, just by normally playing. Uh, and the game itself is pretty fun. So it's just taking an existing genre and playing it in three in, in 3D with, I mean, sorry, playing in VR 
with the kind of the next evolution. You have an animated card in your hand, you throw it down, and that cool dragon comes out on the table for you to actually move around and play with. Uh, and if you get, like, some decks, you'll have a rare card. Like, if you bought Magic the Gathering and you open up a deck and it's a, a foil card, right? It's, like, shiny. Got the real cool rainbow mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. That That has a chance to happen. And these... That means your miniature is animated in a certain way. Like the dragon comes out, he moves around and paces back and forth where the normal one just kind of like a miniature that sits there. Yeah. And like, oh, it's really, really cool. So we, we're going to start playing that, I think, a little bit more, especially if we only have like a, one or two guys show up at, at a night. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And it's just it's just neat. The, I will say that the biggest downside I did have was um, making a deck. The interface was really kludgy. I couldn't figure out how to do it. But Hmm. to lead it into a positive thing, it's cross-platform, meaning that you can get it on Steam and play it in not VR and play it with your friends. Like you can move around and play the game and pick up the stuff and play with friends that are playing in VR at the same time. So I just got on Steam, downloaded it, and then would build my deck on Steam and then get into VR and play with that oh. deck. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like I I didn't like the interface there, but on the with a keyboard and mouse, I can navigate the whole that's thing. Fine. Which is like, oh, that's that's really really cool, you know. It's 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 an account. So, Cards and Tankards was that that game. Um and I'll, I'll talk about maybe talk about it later if we start playing it more, but from the introductory stuff and the community that was really super nice, um definitely give it a thumbs up. I'm going to play a little bit more of that. Nice. Well, I'm excited that you finally got into Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, right. You know, I I always liked these kind of games. Um, I'm I like collectible card games and trading card games. You know, my standpoint on blind booster boxes, I'm totally against them. So I'm I'm more like the kind you and I play, which is what are they called? Um, uh, like the Lord of the Rings one, the that... living card game. Yes, I like those considerably better. Um, sure, but but you know, if I'm I'm with another friend and we're doing this thing together, it's fun. Right. Sure. I, I, I like, like if you and I were playing magic and you opened up, well, we did this thing with fires of heaven. I think it's what it was called. Um, w- uh, where we would all open up cards at the, the lunch table on Thursdays. Um, Oh, I'm open some booster packs. Oh, I got a cool angel, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really, really fun. And I enjoy doing those, but you gotta, you know, do it with friends. I'm um, not in the competitive scene. Right. Anyway, all right, so we're all done with games. Let's move over to some some movies and films. Um, I got a couple I saw, but let's start so we can get our, our movie of the week uh, done first. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This week we watched RRR from 2022. As in the letter um, RRR? Yes, the letter R three times. I'm fairly certain the original title is either Hindi or Telugu. The uh, translated title uh, here on IMDb says "Rise, Roar, Revolt." Um, yeah, but it's 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 generally referred to as RRR. I I don't um, know what the this, roar necessarily means, but there are other ones that I get for the, this film because the, the the tiger. What what do you, sure sure, you know, sure. What can what can the wolf do against the tiger? Yes. Um, this is uh, written and directed. Well, there are several writers, but written and directed by S. S. Rajmuli, 
I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Um, but this is the same writer-director who made Bahubali, which explains why, <laughs> why, as I mentioned last week, it has some similar vibes. Yes, um, for sure. Not quite as... Uh, um, Fantastical? Fantastical. I was going to say ridiculous, but fantastical <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. was was also there in my brain because ridiculous is a little derogatory. Um, yeah, I had seen this um, last year. Well, I guess probably in 2022 when it was still brand new and okay. um, potentially going to be up for Oscars. It was only nominated for one Oscar for original song for Natu Natu, the... Uh, the dance song mm -hmm. that they do at the yep. party, um, which it won. Uh, it didn't get nominated for anything else, which I think is one of those things where um, whoever is in charge at a given in a given country can only nominate one film for best international whatever at the Oscars. Mm. Okay. Um, and and India chose a different film. Um, it did win. A bunch of other awards but um Ho hopefully uh, hopefully uh cgi because um it had a lot of cgi throughout it but a lot of it was hard to tell that it was cgi it was really really well done yeah yeah i don't know if you caught this um i didn't the first time uh but when i watched it again the there are two uh title cards before the movie starts i, One I read is... them both in their entirety I actually paused and read them both yeah yeah, one is but animals and birds. That was my favorite comment on that one. Animals, like, uh, there's a whole list of animals, and I was like, "Whoa, hey, spoilers! Don't tell me that there's going to be <laughs> uh, stags and tigers and wolves and snakes and like the whole horses, a whole list of yes. all the animals, all the CGI animals." Because when we watched Bahubali, um, and he's fighting. Is he fighting like a rhinoceros or something? I don't remember what he's fighting, but it has a, a watermark down in the corner that says CG or computer generated or whatever, like in the middle where in this movie, they put it at the beginning. Like, here's a disclaimer. No real animals. Uh, you're good. Um, which I thought was funny. Uh I, I had read, by the way, I, I well, first off, let me comment on what you said. Is that yes? I I read those and I love that and I, I'm glad that you mentioned it because if you didn't, I was and I don't know why that I decided to read those. I, maybe because the way it was positioned, it felt like it was a uh, telling about the story. Sometimes you get you know and so because right, the first yeah the first um, title card says you know that despite its historical context, this is fictional. Um, I think both of these, I read this somewhere in the trivia, um, Ramaraju and Komaram Beam were real freedom fighters in Indian history, but they never met. So oh, okay. the, the, the story of this film is um, fictional, imagining what it might have been like if they had met and become friends. Got and it. All this stuff that happens. Well, the... the uh, um... The thing uh, of that, those two title cards, they were both interesting, but I, I found it a little chuckle is that it starts like no 
animals or birds were harmed in the film making of this <laughs> film. And I thought, why do they have to qualify birds as separate than animals <laughs> in that title? That reminds, that reminds me of a Christmas story. So the the other when he gets the when he gets the BB gun and the mom tells him don't shoot any animals or birds or or birds yeah right like why is it are birds not animals are they not animals in this one I didn't see a lot of birds that were separate so anyway all right moving off that little title cards Uh, I I wanted to say I I looked up uh, the RRR thing before and it does it's pretty clear that why they said why they call it RRR when you when you're watching it Um, but. I mean, because they, they say it, right, when it, it is yeah, a pointed thing. They're uh, but, titles, yeah. But the, there's a little uh, story, I guess, from behind it was that is it was just a prototype title when they were making the movie, was when it was being made. Mm, and working it, title. Yeah, right. And it stood for um, the names of the director and the two main actors, uh, oh, Rajamali, Ramsharan, and Rama Rao. So mm-hmm, that, yeah. that's the only reason they just kind of were calling it as working title, <laughs> RRR. And they didn't really want it to be that, but that's the way it, it kind of ended up. And, and never came up with anything better. I guess. Uh, so, all right, moving it past that stuff. Um, I, mean, I like that the, the, the what you're saying here about comparing it to Bahubali, and you were saying fantastical or ridiculous. Um, I watched several Indian-made uh, films in this kind of genre, and they are fantastical and ridiculous in their own way. Right. Um, yeah. But, but the odd, just the oddest thing about it is like, I'm okay with it where if I saw this in American film, I would make fun of it. Right. Like, Oh, it's so ridiculous. It's just so corny or cheesy or over the top. But when I watch them in here, they're cool as all get out. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And I don't know why, but it's, it is what it is, and I just accept it. Um, Bahubali yeah, was. I think, a, I think when we watched Bahubali, I compared it to our superhero movies. Yeah, right? that's fair. Like 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 Marvel and DC mm-hmm. kind of stuff with the with the like historical fiction angle of this one, which I I guess maybe Bahubali is too, except it's farther back. Um, maybe a like Braveheart or. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the Patriot a little bit. Not I'm I'm sure if I think long enough I can come up with a non Mel Brooks, a non uh, Mel Gibson <laughs> no, example. Um not Mel Brooks. Uh wrong Mel. The different um, one, yeah. Different yeah. kinds of movies. Uh because it's it's got that I mean, like a little bit like like the first um Captain America movie, right? It's like you know world war Two, and there's this guy and it's you know you're you're mixing the, it's a thing my brother didn't like about um about the first wonder woman movie that i really liked is the like you're 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 um i don't want to say exploiting like you're you're taking advantage of like a uh like a historical nostalgia or something nostalgia is probably not the right word but that like the the stirring emotional feelings that you would get watching saving private ryan or band of brothers right except now you've got this guy who's a scrawny little kid and he jumps on the grenade and they you know put a serum in him and then he becomes you know a superhero right and now he can he can fight 
for America and, and, and all of these things. Um, similar, obviously not a direct comparison, but similar kind of vibe to what they're, um, what they're going for with this movie. Like here's this period of time where they were oppressed, where, you know, these invaders came in and took them over and, um, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert on it. I mean, I'm not even close to an expert. Like I know bits and pieces and, and anecdotes that I've heard. But, um, one of the things that I have heard is that of all of the countries that, um, Great Britain colonized or invaded and subjugated, um, India is one that had they not been so divided could have easily pushed them out, pushed them back. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and like the, you know, basically the only reason that they're still here doing this to us, treating us like our lives. And I'm, I shouldn't say us, but treating them like their lives are not worth the cost of a bullet, which comes up several times in this movie is because they're not the, because Indians are not united. Um, they're, they're, yeah, and, and generally, speaking of a huge, massive billion people, billions of people, uh, they're not. Their culture isn't really an aggressive, more of an aggressive culture than some right, comparatively right. across the world, right? Especially, yeah, I, I remember, I remember getting that that sense a lot in um, Lagan when we watched Lagan. that. Yep, but but it's true here too, and it it sort of comes up like like what what are we like? Do we really need? guns and you've got the kind of Gandhi and, and peaceful protest and, and all that kind of stuff. Like just, just hinted at, like, it's not, it's not super overt. I mean, not that, not that there's a lot of subtlety in this movie. Um, but those are the kind of things that I was thinking about as I was rewatching it. Yeah. The, the, anyway. the, uh, Bahubali was, I liked, it was definitely my, uh, up until this film, I guess, early, early spoilers for my opinion is that up into this film, Bali Bali was my favorite, uh, Bollywood or, or Tollywood video. I think it was Bollywood, um, video, uh, film. And mm -hmm. I think, I think this one surpassed it, but it, it, I had problems with it that Mahu Bali was just a little bit too fantastical and, and over the top. And then it, we had the kind of the problem that they're slowly getting over, but a little bit that they had like MTV videos in the middle of them, you know, um, this one has one or two, but not not too terribly. Uh, so Bahubali had those issues. This one doesn't have a lot of that, and it just feels like a like a that's, kind of film. That's true. There's I I called it a musical last week, and there are songs in it, but not yeah. not to the level that Bahubali had. There's no like th there's no big dance number with just a ton. I mean, there's one dance number, and most of the dancers are English. Right. Yeah. And they also dance for like two or three cuts and yeah. then all collapse from exhaustion. Right. Yes. It's 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 very toned down compared yeah. to Bahubali. Uh so so I, I appreciated that a whole lot. And you're right, the, the historical fiction part of it was kind of neat. Um and it it has um I don't know, the action is pretty cool. <laughs> we'll just say it just it just <laughs> it feels fun all the way through. Like uh they they do a ton of slow mo, which you and I can occasionally uh, 
uh, bag on, on when they do slow-mo things in, in films. Uh, this does a ton of that slow-mo stuff, but not like long slow-mos where it, like, it goes into slow-mo not, not, and then for the next 30 not like, seconds. Not like the slow-mo in Rebel Moon. In Rebel Moon, correct. Like, yes, no. This was like a, a quick move with a slow-mo for four seconds and then move on to another one and then maybe another quick slow-mo. Uh, just to, it was used to emphasize the neat thing that was happening, which they did right. a ton of just for show, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. The, the entire film, here's what, here's the way I put it as an American wondering what kind of film this was. It's a historical piece. I, let me, we should have started with this description. It's a, hist, it's a fictionally historical piece that takes place in India when they were occupied by England, um, the British Empire, they had the rest around of the, the 1920s, the 1920s. Right. And yeah. so there's cars and around, but it's, you know, the period piece. Uh, but it's very much that the English are occupiers and they mm-hmm. uh, are, you know, taking control of, of this country and subjugating these people, treating them worse than they are uh, being really, really bad. This is, if you're an English person, it's kind of probably embarrassing to watch this film because it's so, aggressively anti-English, you know, they are, they are like, if you're watching American films, Russians are always the evil bad guys here. The English are the horrible, terrible people. Um, yeah. So if except you're thinking that, about watching this, except one, that the, English. En- the English actually did occupy India where, yeah, no, yeah, for, for sure. Was so like cold war propaganda. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Um, so that's where this takes place. And uh, it follows uh, the the st- setup is that it follows one person who is um, he's an Indian and he works for uh, he's a police person, which is kind of uh, a military person uh, in in the uh, English, the British army. And he's like basically a superhero who's amazing. And he <laughs> is defends them. And another guy is. um a hero from a small village who is tribal. who's yeah, yeah tribal who has their uh, a little girl was stolen kidnapped basically right in the middle of people from these uh english people taken away and he's there to get her back and right. there's a lot more a lot more than just that very simple thing um but that's kind of the setup to this um when when they went through the two characters and they're giving them their introductions um, one of them is the tribal guy is his tiger fight when he captures the tiger at the beginning. They're introducing yeah. his awesomeness, right? They have to set the stage for who, how awesome these are. And the other one right. is the officer who goes through and goes wow. through a sea of people to get one guy and bring him back. When they did that, I it set the stage for me. And I was like, here's how I'm going to describe it to people. I'll tell them that, what I just said, and then tell them, if you want to watch an Indian version of John Wick meets Hercules, then that's what this film is because (laughs) am I wrong? Like the, the guy that that is Ram who plays Ram is like, he's beefiest. I mean, these guys are like super cut the best in shape you could possibly be of anyone. Mm -hmm. But this guy is very like skilled and takes on a million guys at once. And is just doing a million things like John Wick does. And, right. but without guns, he, he does, he's awesome with guns, but he's mainly just like martial arts kind of type stuff. And the other guy is just a beast. 
Like at one point, he one-handedly picks up a car and uses it like a baseball or a motorcycle and uses it like a baseball bat, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, w- yeah. Which there you go. There's tells you what kind of fantasy type stuff is. He the a motorcycle comes at this guy and he grabs the the, the tire from it and starts swinging it around like it's a baseball bat. And I'm like, okay, they've gone a little bit far here on this one, <laughs> but but that's what this is and. I, I loved it. I mean, I love that cool stuff. When, um, what's the, what's the tribal guy's name? Starts with a B. Um, uh, beam. Beam. When Beam, like, is holding the two ropes to hold the tiger back, I had very much, mm-hmm. like, Captain America vibes when he's holding the helicopter. Hold, holding that helicopter. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh, that guy's a beast, right? And he's pulling it together. I'm like, see, they're doing exactly what kind of Marvel movies do. But different. And I'm like, that's very, very cool. And I and I liked it. Um the the writing in this was really fun and good, very believable. Um I thought the actors were were really good. They fit into their parts. I was on board with all of their individual stories. Even the side characters. Like obviously the villains were just straight one-dimensional villains. But um, more or less. Yeah. 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 But but still, I got who they were. I knew what they were doing. Uh, the, there's a complex bit of a story with the the I'll say heroes. Uh, and I believed both of them, you know, with their stories. I believed how they felt and what they thought and what they were doing. And yeah. at sometimes I felt like this is the villain. Oh, no, wait, he, maybe he's not the villain. Oh, this guy's the hero. Oh, maybe he's not the hero. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really. Just the storytelling, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil any of it, but you get, you get some reveals partway through. This is a long movie, right? It is. It's three hours. I said that, I said this last week, it's, it's just a hair over three hours and it can be watched in two parts though. Like it can be split up. There's a clear division. Mm There are some, there are some, some act breaks, um, where you can, where you can stop, but there's a, there's a long, uh, flashback. Um, that is just fantastic. That completely turns around one of the characters. Everything you thought about him, and you you see the two of them like they're sort of on opposite sides. The one who is working for the British, um, takes you know volunteers to hunt him down, right? Because um, he how do they find out about him? I forget, but um the English find out about beam and you know, they want, they want to hunt him down, but they don't know what he looks like or anything. And Ron Oh, it's just, the, a guy, a guy just, one of the guys from the, um, like the English, not the English, the, the Indian liaisons, I guess, comes up to the commander in charge of the thing and says, Hey, just let you know, uh, we've, you guys oh, have kidnapped you, a child and there's the, they, you, the you tribe has sent the from- shepherd. From, yeah. from this village, right? The the whole thing with the sheep. Like, the people in this village are all like lambs, right? They're, yeah. they're completely peaceful, harmless, but because they're that way, they nominate one person to be their shepherd, and this dude is a badass. Like, yeah. You and just letting you warning about him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, again, a little, a little John Wick like. Very um, much, yeah. <laughs> Which it's a comparison I didn't think about at the time, but is but is pretty good. And then they cross paths 
to save this boy, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like just completely okay, accidentally. This guy Rom, who is, you know, police as they say for the British, is not morally bankrupt. Like he helps and like runs into the fire to save this kid and then they become friends and there's a sort of montage like yeah with the the song sing like it's it's that, yet to be that song gives the whole movie away blood, don't listen to it in, in bloodshed <laughs> like um and yeah then you get some reveals later on and then a big like epic battle it's just it's it's well paced it's 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 fantastic and it's again a hard thing to recommend to people right i'm like i agree i agree uh, as i'm I agree. as i'm watching as i'm watching these fight scenes and action sequences i'm like i i bet michael is gonna love this like, <laughs> well with, with i like captain america and the... yes <laughs> right yeah. yeah and this is very captain america you know mm -hmm. it, it at the end in the last fight it it definitely goes overboard which which i'm fine with but like right. when when Rom shows up and all of a sudden he's a, does a complete costume change in the middle of nowhere and is an arrow archer awesome person now. And I'm like, what, what, when did that happen? But I'm okay. I'm fine with it. We're, he, we're already here. You, you saw beam doing it. He takes the bow and arrow from the, from the idol, from the statue. Oh, there, right. And, and yeah. Right. Yeah. Takes the, but, the, the holy but he has like broken and, legs and there's that absurd scene when he's like on his shoulders and fighting and which is, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But yeah. if you, I would recommend this. We're going to recommendations. I would recommend people who like Captain America, honestly. Like it's, they're just totally badass, really kind of cool. Um, and, and again, I, I did want to point out that's that song when you're listening, watching the film and the two guys get together for the first time, uh, they do a, a song, which they use several times in this thing where they start singing songs. Um, they're not. Yeah, that song is is background. Like they're not. Nobody's singing it. Um, yes. Yeah. Nobody's it's singing. It's just over background the, over the right. montage. But but the the words of it, I'm reading the subtitles because it's in Hindi. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is telling the story of the whole thing. Like you know, <laughs> they're they're gonna become best friends, and what's gonna happen to them? Is there gonna be bloodshed? Is there gonna be this? And I'm like, stop telling me the story. <laughs> stop. <laughs> That, that's the only time it does that, but I was so it was so funny. Actually, I take it back. They they reprise that later when they start to have conflict, and I'm like, yeah. When they, when they start to actually fight, the song comes back, and you're like, oh, you were right. Will it <laughs> of course, you were right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was it was interesting when they do do the first chapter markers, and they say like uh, the fire, and they say the water. Right. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I, okay, I get some fire analogy, but water. And then later on, they start doing literal, like he's in the water all the time, and he's he's got right. fire enveloping around him the whole time. I'm like, okay, they're there's, really committed to the bit. I mean, there's a fight where where Ram is holding a flaming torch, and Beam is holding a a hose from the fountain. And <laughs> yes, fighting. that that yeah. that part right there was like, man, they really committed to that that chapter marker right there. That metaphor, yeah. <laughs> so I, it, it is. I I like your your point about it. That it's hard to to recommend. I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to people. I would. My sister likes films, and I don't know if I'd recommend it to her because she can get with on board with a Captain America. But when you're watching a Tollywood film, there's a lot that comes with it that's sometimes difficult. And like I said, if we were watch, if this was put out in America. 
it would be absurd. It'd almost be like a joke film because the way they act and they're over, like completely over the top acting, right? Um, one part when when Beam or Bream goes, he's he's uh, being told what Rom has done. All immediately he starts crying, right? And he comes and he like holds this girl, and it's like just o- over the top. But because the whole film is over the top, it fits. Everything fits within this fantastical world. Yeah, um, that's a thing. That's a thing that I don't know is, I don't know if that's cultural to agreed. India, agreed, right? Yeah. Or, or if it's just, um, um, oh, cultural is not the right word. If it's just st- uh, stylistic to Indian film. I have right? no idea. Like I have no idea. Like, like our there there are those kind of things in our films, right? Where you know, uh, uh, an American or Eng- or British um, romantic comedy rom com, people act a certain way that is kind of a reflection of our culture, but not completely, right? Like yeah. things are exaggerated and amped up. And same thing with Japan and anime and, and J dramas, like you see, you know, the characters act a certain way. That's very exaggerated. Like it's this, this dichotomy between a very reserved, very polite outward, outward um, behavior. And then in, you know, smaller settings behind closed doors or between a couple people, like the, the emotions are very, big and very exaggerated and i don't know how much of that is japan and how much of it is anime right? yeah i'm with I, you i'm with you good, i think good, good i think it's some there. combination combination of the two but that was something i remember thinking with some of the other indian films that we watched for the poster and otherwise bahubali lagan um three idiots where i got this sense of like men in Indian culture are free with their emotions more than men in the West. Right. Um, and I, my guess, my best guess is, is that it's a combination of the two is that yes, they are and can be more free with their emotions than we typically are, but it's amped up for movies in the same way that, you know, meet cutes and love confessions and things in movies are more exaggerated in film than they are in real life. Uh, I, I, you're probably right. I, I, I don't know, but you're probably right on that one. Um, but it, it, since we're running long on this, I, I, yeah, it's unfortunate that we don't have more time to talk about it because it is three hours of, of a film. And it, and again, if you're watching, oh, I don't know, three hours, it does have very much almost exactly one hour and 30 minute break point where you're like, the story changes, a big event happens. It does like a chapter marker thing. And you're like, okay, this is, this is a spot where we can stop and watch it again tomorrow for part two. So if you, uh, it's very well done in that way. Um, and, and you can watch it in two, two parts with no problem. But I, but I would, I would, uh, recommend watching it, you know, in a good, you know, dedicated thing. It's not a second screen film. You don't want to watch it and be doing something else. You well, know, pay attention un- to it. Un- unless you understand Hindi, it's mostly in subtitles unless the English characters are talking. So, well, yeah, I, I don't know if there was a, a dub have a, or something, but 
yeah. Th- yeah, that's that's possible, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so, but you 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 should watch it because it's it's beautiful that way. And and I would coming out of this, my, my there was no real spoilers, but uh, I definitely give it a thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. I will actually watch this one again. It's I liked Bahu Bali as it came to this one, but this one is definitely uh, two notches above Bahu Bali, which I really enjoyed. Um, and sits at the top of my number one Hollywood film. Um, if not for the minimal, the, the very main thing, it's a good story. It really is. It's solid all around. And the actors and actresses do a good job in their roles. Like they really, really did. And I enjoyed all of that. And, and I will watch it again for sure, uh, which is, I think, pretty high praise for me. If you hear that being a rewatcher, I'll add it to my rewatching list. Nice. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, I enjoyed this enough the first time that I added it to our list. Um, I did postpone it for a long time because I know it's a long movie. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's, for me, it has just the right level of fantastical absurdity. Um, You know, I, I don't know all the history to give the context there, but it's pretty straightforward. All you really need to understand is that, um, you know, Britain colonized and occupied this country and it's established pretty early on, like the, at least an exaggerated form of the British, uh, mindset of, Mm -hmm. of, of the people at the time. So it's, so it, it gets you there if if you don't know real quick real um, quick yeah. if you don't know the history you're like okay i understand these are the bad guys these are the bad like, these are the nazis yeah no 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 uh ambiguity there um yes. and so i think if you if if you enjoy captain america uh the first avenger and you don't mind reading subtitles um and as michael said there there are some pretty clear breaks if you want to watch this in a few sittings i definitely watched it in at least two sittings with a few pauses um Mm -hmm. here and there um yeah yeah it's fantastic awesome well i got uh next week where i get to pick you're you're up next yeah okay so what am i gonna pick um we got it. We got a short week. We didn't even talk about that. You and I are going to be going to Las Vegas or you're already in Vegas this week. And we didn't even get to talk about your, your adventure that you had this last week. We'll have to talk about that next time. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll save that for next week. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll be in Vegas for most of this next week. You and I will be. So we'll be able to talk about that when we get back. Um, so we can't watch something huge like RRR. Um, but you know, I could, here's something I can watch in the plane. How about uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall? I've seen this when it first came out, but I, don't remember much about it. I think I liked it, but can't remember. <laughs> uh, so forgetting Sarah Marshall, that's my pick for, for next week. All right. That's um, uh, Jason Seagal and uh, Kristen Bell. I, I'm, I love me some I Kristen think. Bell. So can't, you know, anytime yeah, we get to watch I've, her, I'm, I'm happy. I've, I've seen that, but it's been 10, 15 years probably. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, some, so before you roll into the outro, we'll, uh, I did watch Mean Girls today, the new 2024 Mean Girls, and uh, we will uh, talk about that next week. Uh, but for those who are thinking about potentially going out and watching it, uh, I'll just let you know that you probably should. It's a cute, fun movie. If you liked the first one, you would like this one. Um, it is not the same. It is definitely modern. So um, 
you know, think of it as modern high school instead of what it was maybe what nineties, eighties, um, high school. Um, I think nineties. I mean, the, the original mean girls was only 20 years ago. So not uh, oh, okay. Two thousands then early, early two thousands. Not, yeah. Well, not th- things have changed, especially even with, especially with socially, yeah. it really has. Yeah, and, course. and this one having, having, uh, had two kids go through high school, two girls. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty good and a good way to make it modern. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to add that in there. It's, it's, if you're on the fence, if you're even on the fence, then you should go watch it. Cause it's pretty, pretty good. And, uh, the other thing I want you to know is that I did not know that it is a musical. And for some reason it didn't feel like the trailers were letting you really know that. Um, but I don't know if that's a thing we've talked about, but I've been hearing that, that new, like the, the new Wonka movie and, and same movies yeah. are musicals and it's not super clear from the marketing, which is yeah, weird I, to me. I did I, not I know think that. I've talked about that. Well, well it's, it's, I'm, it's okay. The, the songs were great and they work and they're intentional. doesn't interrupt or, or like some Disney movies can do. Um, sure. Yeah. So it, it, it didn't impede the movie. It added to it, which is what you kind of want to do with a musical thing. Yeah. So yes, yeah, sure. watch it. I'll talk about it later. Okay, cool. All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 332. Thanks, as always, to our friends at LRM Online. If you would like to email us and tell us everything we're wrong about Indian culture and history, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod, all one word, at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you'll find contact forms to reach out to us and show notes where relevant. Uh, I will try and link to all of the steam games we talked about earlier if you enjoy the front porch please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice and while you're there if you would leave us a favorable review a favorable review we always appreciate that it helps out a lot in those rankings as always thanks so much for joining us and until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time <laughs>